This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hiya, I'm Jan Brereton, and this is Everybody is a Poem, a podcast where I explore all of life's laughs, loves and losses and everything in between with my guests. My guest today is Martina Keegan. Martina is a mom, two young kids living in Dublin City, and she shared with me her story of lockdown, of love, of loss and just how she is embracing life going forward. It was so nice to share all of her experiences. This is a good one. I hope you enjoy the show. And you can support me further by subscribing to the Headstuff Plus community. You can find out more at headstuffpodcasts.com forward slash register. Thank you, first of all, Martina Keegan, for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank I'm you for inviting so, me. Oh, I mean, I'm just really happy that you're here. So thank you. And um, just to say that you kind of entered into my life really through the 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 power of social media. Who mm-hmm. knew? Um, and that's been the one thing that's been really lovely about the book and writing the poems, because that's all completely new to me. I don't know what I'm doing. If I'm honest, I don't know what I'm doing here. in The podcast studio either. But sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, but getting all the messages from people at various different stages for various different reasons about something that I'd written that I thought lots of or little of at the time. It was lovely. So and it's been really nice. And um, yeah, so it's lovely to have you here. So you chose a poem, actually. We're switching it up a bit. Do you want to read it to me or will I read it to you? Oh, I'd like you to read it. OK, I love the way you read. OK, so it's funny, actually, because again, this is all new. And I remember when I was doing like the six o'clock show, uh, Mirren O'Connell saying to me, oh, my God, like nobody reads your poems like you read your poems. Mm-hmm. And that really, I don't know what it was. That was like a, oh, OK, because when I did the first poem, I invited lots of people to read it back to me. OK. And nobody really wanted to. <laughs> you have your little inflections and your your accent and stuff brings yeah. so much to it. Yeah. So I suppose I welcome and I, and, and, and I'm grateful that you think that I do it justice. I suppose I should do since it's mine. So here we go. This one's called Poxy Park. Poxy Park. Poxy walks. Let's just be silent. I don't want to talk. Poxy cold. Poxy bench. Pick up your dog poo. The poxy stench. Poxy board. It's time to go. Back poxy home. Don't be so slow. Poxy shop. The poxy queue. Hurry up. I need the poxy loo. Poxy telly, poxy news, more advice that'll just confuse. Poxy clock, poxy bed, poxy worries fill my head. Tomorrow, please God, amen. I'll wake up tired and I'll do it all again. Well done. Thanks. Amazing. (laughs) Um, I wrote that during most, actually I wrote all the poems during lockdown because it was 2021 Mm -hmm. and um, I was pissed off at the park, obviously. And uh, and, and I was, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, like, 
we were all doing the same things every day and then we'd go to bed at night and we'd be going oh sure please God now please God now we'll do it all again tomorrow yeah so there's a weird little kind of um, gratitude element there at the end yeah exactly yeah. so really come here nice. there's a poem in the book called The Interview and um, it was around this I was doing this live thing and this woman asked me to tell her what I was and I was saying, Jesus Christ, what am I? I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a woman, I'm this and I'm that and whatever else. So um, will you introduce yourself to me, Martina? What okay. are you or who yeah. are you? Yeah. Well, who am I? I'm Martina Keegan. Uh, I'm 41. I'm a mom of two kids, Evie, who's eight, and Jamie, who's four. I work by trade. I'm a pharmaceutical technician, so I've worked in the pharmacy industry for 20 odd years. And do you still work in that industry? I do. Now? I work yeah. for the HSE now, so I'm oh, kind of okay. more on the regulatory side of things. But I worked in a chemist shop for years since I was 17. I dropped out of college and I got a job in a shop because I just didn't, I just wasn't the college type. Yeah. Um, and then I started working in a hospital and now I'm in the HSE. Okay. So that's who I am. And you live in Dublin? I live in Dublin 8. So I grew up in Dublin 8 as well on a little road called Ross Road. It's yeah. very near Patrick's um, Patrick Street, just off Patrick Street. Yeah. But you wouldn't, you would drive past, you would walk past and not know when it was there. It's a terraced street, um, you know, blocks on each side of the street. And I lived there in the flats. And now I live five minutes away. Okay. So I'm very, very lucky. You're a Liberties girl then. Liberties girl yeah. through and through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my mom. And, well, it. my mom is a Liberties girl. My mom was born on, uh, well, on the Long Lane. She said, oh, yeah. on the Long Lane. Literally, that's in I the can long see lane. that from my house. Yeah. Okay. So, so Dublin, I know. It's a deadly. It's a deadly community. <laughs> it's a great community. Um, it's changing a lot over the last couple of years with all the hotels and all the new apartments building and student accommodation. But the community is still there. Yeah. You know, hopefully yeah. it will stay. Yeah. Because it's a great community to be in. Yeah. Like all my neighbours are lovely. You could knock into any of them for a phone charger or a cup of sugar or whatever you might need. A few quid even. A few quid. <laughs> and like the kids, they just mind, like the kids could be playing out and they'd be minding them and they'd be coming back telling me what they were doing. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Everyone great. looks after each other. Yeah. 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 Um, so talk to me. You were saying like when you were 17, you started working in a chemist. Mm. Now, another thing, because you um, sent me a gorgeous message in Instagram and that's how we've kind of gotten to know each other. Yeah. Um, and music for me seems to be a big part of you yes. as well. Like you've posted Huge. some stuff up before. You've educated me. I can just tell you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like just, oh my God, who is that person? And then I kind of find you I know, love somebody music. through what you'll New post. music, old music, all kinds of music, all kinds of genres. Yeah. From classical to pop. I love good pop. Oh, my God. I love 80s pop. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's one yeah. thing, actually, I've always said about the poems is that they're kind of like little pop songs. Yes. They're on a very base level. The things that we talk about is very simple. The language mm -hmm. that we use is very simple. So, like, talk to me then about your whole kind of, like, pop for you then when you were growing up even there yeah like I think I used to do dancing and stuff I used to do majorettes okay so they use like really high octane dance music for that yeah um like they would use like I need a hero and they'd use Bonnie Pat Tyler. Benatar and all these but they'd speed it up so okay. it would be speeded up and we'd be trying to keep up with to the music and yeah brilliant and then when I got older I was a big indie girl 
So I'm, I'm I was blur. I was blur all the way. Um, and I was kind of alternative in my class. Like I cut my hair really short when I was 15 and that didn't go down well in Dublin 8. Did not go down well at all. Isn't that mad? <laughs> now I'm just feeling really, I'm feeling so familiar with you mm-hmm. and I feel that I can kind of, I suppose, kind of empathise with you in those things. Like when I grew up as well, loved pop music, loved Five Star, loved Bross, yeah. did all these like, you know, the new kids kind of, on the block, all the middle of the road kind of things. Now, when New Kids on the Block were out, I was probably then getting into my kind of alternative phase. So I'm 47, so I'm a little bit older than you. Mm-hmm. But um, but equally, similarly to you, I got into kind of like indie music as well. Yeah. And it made it kind of othered me a little bit in the exactly. class group yeah. like people were like me you're too. a snob yeah. what's wrong with you why yeah. won't you hang around with us <laughs> yeah. like kind of stuff yeah. yeah yeah. I remember I went to Slane when I was 17 and the main headliner was Robbie Williams but I was actually going to see Finley Quay oh yeah I remember him and yeah. everyone was like who's that you know and I was just like look it up you know yeah. he's brilliant Yeah. Um, but yeah I was kind of othered from that as well you know and yeah. then when I got a bit older then I ventured outside my little clique and started going to Brussels. Oh, Brussels. <laughs> you, now, were you downstairs? Oh, downstairs. And when you went yeah. down the stairs, were you left or were you right? Oh God, I can't remember now. Okay, so when you Maybe. went down the stairs, this is how I remember it. And you're a little bit, again, you're younger than me, younger, so it could have yeah. changed. It could have fucking renovated the place <laughs> and all. But so when, when you went down the stairs, when I went there and... Uh, you'd go down the stairs the toilets were in front of you you'd go right that was like the ravers bar or you'd go left and that was the rockers bar okay I think I was going left at that stage okay yeah but this is interesting because I spoke to someone about this before I actually think a lot of the girls were able to kind of cross kind of contaminate yeah. between the go rockers between and the two. ravers yeah but the rocker boys could not go no. into the no. other like it they was, didn't yeah they didn't belong there. Yeah. So ta- yeah. So you were in Brussels. So yeah, in Brussels. Then I, you know, stayed around that scene for a couple of years. And then when I was about 21, 22, I started getting into dance music. Okay. And that's when I started going to Spirit, started going to Traffic. Yeah. The world it was at that time. And to a club night called 1210, okay. which was kind of a house night in the Legal Eagle. The Legal Eagle. Where was that now? So Where it's just right beside the Four Courts. It's not there anymore. Oh, I remember. It was like okay. a little pub. Yes. And on a Saturday night, um, these lads took over and they made it into a house music night. They had upstairs and downstairs and it was just house music. And they used to bring in singers. They used to sing over the tracks, saxophone players, bongo players. Now, this was like 2002, 2003. That wasn't done in Dublin at that time. You know? Sounds really creative. I yeah. fell in love with this. I met so many people there, artists, people that are like my best friends to this day. Men in there, met my husband there. Wow. So it changed my life. And yeah. then I was on the road to being, I suppose, what you'd call a raver. <laughs> but then it was Ibiza every summer. Um, oh, wow. You were like proper, oh, proper card holding yeah, raver. Then. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. weekend going to whatever I could go to, house parties. Um, and yeah, just fell in love with dance music. Started my boyfriend at the time who became my husband taught me how to DJ. I was DJing. Sometimes I'd play at his gigs. So nice. I was having a great buzz. Yeah. We ran riot over the city <laughs> every weekend, you know. We, th- we felt this is our city. We're going to own it, you know. So it was great times. Yeah, amazing. We really had a great time <laughs> in our 20s. And what kind of music were you playing then? Was it just like... Oh, I'd be playing alternative music. That okay. was the thing. He'd, he'd run a dance gig, but I'd be playing in the bar. So there'd be like the main room would be your okay. dance music. 
and then he'd set me up in the bar where people would go to kind of sit down and have a drink and then I'd be playing there and then other people would kind of play I'd get somebody else to play with me maybe back to back and uh We'd play all indie stuff, you know. I love it, Martin. Uh, like a bit of Calvin Harris as well, when Calvin Harris years ago. Yeah. Um, Bowie, Missy Elliott. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I often say, you know, I could have been one of them selectors. You know the way they say, yeah, yeah listen, I'll just pick. I know the well, songs listen, to play. Well, listen, I'm not great at mixing, you yeah. know. I wouldn't be great technically, but I feel I'm a good selector. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm good at picking the right tunes now. The yeah. mixing might not be amazing. Yeah. But I really enjoy it and I love seeing people getting up to dance. Yeah. You know, I get a real buzz out of that. So tell me about the people then that you kind of met in that time, your friends. Who were your people? Like, who were you going out? Like, do you have any brothers or sisters? Were you going out on your own? Going out with like literally one or two friends. Yeah. And then I met this group of was people who would have been out all the time some older some younger um, people who would have been in NCAD at the time you know and people that I wouldn't have necessarily have met otherwise you mm. know you get talking to these people and you're like God he's from Fox Rock or she's from Don Leary yeah. I'm from the flats yeah. you know I feel like I shouldn't be here but yeah. like you know I'm still friends with them to this day Yeah, so Isn't you, it mad how a culture like that or a community like that or music can just give smooths space. out everything. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely does. Yeah. You know, even though there was times where I felt a little bit out of place, where they'd be talking about college because I never went to college. I properly, never went to college you know, either. Apart from from um, the Liberties Bull, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bull Alley. Mm-hmm. I still. I mean, I never went to university. I didn't yeah. do the degree. Me neither. But um, but yeah, just great times. And like as I say, some of them are still my best friends now. You yeah. know. Yeah. There, and now my brother was five years older than me and he was totally different to me in all ways and really? still is. Yeah. Um. So no, there was no going out with him or anything like that. Okay. Um. So yeah, I was just on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did Wasn't you get up through. to all sorts of mischief, do you think? Oh yeah, I got up to all sorts of mischief, but never anything too bad. You know, yeah. I always went to work on a Monday morning. You know, I always yeah. kept my job, never, you know, never brought trouble to my mom's door. She'd always say, never brought trouble to the door and I didn't yeah you know I'd often be she'd often be ringing me saying where are you you know but I'd always be somewhere yeah but I'd never be doing anything too bold yeah just enjoying the music enjoying my friends and never wanted it to end you know you never yeah. wanted to go home on a Sunday yeah just wanted to stay out <laughs> yeah some yeah, of them yeah. did stay out some of them did stay out till the Monday Tuesday but I never could it sounds like you were, yeah, th- there was plenty going on anyway as well mm. that you could kind of stay out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And come here, what about then? So you were saying like music and pop songs and stuff are really important to you. I also, in the way that you've definitely educated me with music sometimes, just, you know, looking at your feeder, you might post a story up and I'll go, oh, who's that person? Mm-hmm. You know, just curious. Um, And you're, I've noticed that you check for kind of, poetry a lot as well yeah. so this is really interesting to me yeah. because even though they're poems and I have the book poetry mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily something that I ever particularly checked for mm-hmm. I absolutely felt that the songs that I was listening to the lyrics that I really liked mm-hmm. were a poetry of sorts for me definitely so, yeah I yeah. remember when I was like in my teenage years 14 15 I had this Ashling copy book and I cut out, I would write down little quotes from songs yeah. and I'd cut them out and sellotape them into the book. And I had like, 
I don't know, a hundred quotes out of a hundred different songs. And I wish I had it. I, I wish I had it today, but my mum probably threw it away. But like, you know, in my 14 year old mind, you know, I remember one of them was the Paul Simon quote from um, Graceland. And it was, they say losing love is like a window in your heart. Everyone sees you're bro- blown apart. Now, I was 14. I didn't know the the meaning of this, but I was just in love with that quote. Wow. It resonated or, with you. It just resonated with me so much. Or like um, from Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. Um, what's the quote now? Um, strange what desire makes foolish people do. Oh, yes. You know? <laughs> strange what desire yeah, there I was, 14, never being kissed, nothing, you know, <laughs> writing wow. these like love quotes into my copybook. But I would have always been the person who knew all the lyrics to all the songs. Yeah. Like it was more the lyrics than the music for me. Okay. And I'd always, sti- I'd still listen to like quite he- lyric heavy stuff. Right. Like I love Depeche Mode. I love Depeche Mode. Erasure. Yeah. All these like lyric heavy pop songs, even Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah. Katy Perry too, like to a certain extent. Katy like, Perry writes you know, yeah, songs. even though I know she's a bit of a figure of fun yeah. now, but like she writes really, really nice songs. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. And did int- you ever write anything yourself? Like, I, so I know I, you were you were saving all the quotes, the in, quotes. Your, in your Ashling copybook. I used to write stories and stuff for school. I used to write essays, but I never wrote any poetry. Yeah. Never wrote any poetry. My husband used to write poetry. He used to write me poems when we first started going out. No I don't way. have any of them now because he used to text them to me oh. on the, you know, the old phones, the you know, he used to text. text them to me. I know. And so they're all gone now. I wish I had saved them. Yeah. Um, so I never really did until the last few years. Then I started writing again. Um, but yeah, and I've written a few, few things now. Um, but Recently? Yeah, yeah I've written yeah. a few things in the last kind of two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do they tend to be kind of a lot? I mean, feel free to share anything if you want, but or secret or keep keep them personal equally. And just tell me even also, you know, like what kind of form do they take? Are they little short ones? Are they're they, little short ones. Are they like Poxy Park? Are you cursing in them? No, or, don't use no. any curse words, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being a good girl. But um, no, I suppose it's all come. Um, I went through a very traumatic event in March 2020 when my husband passed away very suddenly. So obviously since then, you know, I've tried to kind of channel my grief yeah. a little bit. And I'm quite a private person when it comes to my emotions. Like my friends will tell you, they don't see me cry that often. They see me happy quite regularly. Like I'm very, you know, joyful kind of person, try mm-hmm. to keep things positive. Mm-hmm. But I felt like if I didn't channel the sadness in, mm-hmm. a, in a way, I would never move through it. So I felt like I needed to get things down on paper to move through it. So that's what I did. So it's kind of been therapeutic for you in a way? Yeah, I think so. Therapeutic. And also, I mean, I struggled with even putting the poems out there publicly, even though like my Instagram is private, but obviously my friends see it, even to put it out to my friends. Yeah. I, you know, I was really, really nervous Yeah. because I just felt, what if they laugh at me? What if, even though I knew they wouldn't laugh. Friends, I know, you but know. you're exposing yourself and you're being vulnerable yeah, and exactly, particularly yeah. with what you've been through. Come here, are you enjoying the show? Check out this other show on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Come on, sissy there, pod. Let's get 
Thickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars. Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. You sent me a message, I think it was when I'd read a poem about my brother. So mm-hmm. I have, I had an Alan as well, but he, he was my brother and yeah. my brother died five years ago now. Um, it was in August. Um, so, I mean that brought yeah its own kind of grief. Uh, I it's unimaginable the grief that you know you yeah. ex- have experienced and that you're going through and that you just live with. Actually, you mm-hmm. just kind of live with it. Yeah, and um, it's always going to be there. Always. It's going to you know it's going to make its imprint in every little thing that yeah. I do. Yeah, forever. Yeah. And the kids. And the kids, 100%. You know? And your friends, I'm sure. Like something yeah. like, I think when, when somebody, you know, passes away at a young age. I mean, my brother was just, um, it was actually the day after his 39th birthday. Okay. So a young man. Yeah. How old was Al? He was 35. Yeah, young. You yeah, know. too young. Just, um, It's unimaginable. And there's no words. But um, definitely, even with my writing, there's some of it in the book. There's a part in the book called Him mm-hmm. and it's a small little part and there's two very small poems and that's Alan mm-hmm. in the book. And I've written other poems now and I think it was a new one I read on, on, on RT Radio 1. It was about him and I've written now about him. Mm-hmm. And I've, I think I that's always, the one I heard. Yeah. I've always kind of found it difficult to talk about him because mm. it was such a weird you know how everything kind of happened and how everything unfolded and at the end and stuff it was, and I'm probably only starting to kind of get a little bit of perspective on it now mm-hmm. but definitely the writing now helps helps mm. yeah I think it's so mad even just to know what you're thinking yourself yeah kind of you know it's very hard you're just going through your life and obviously with me and the kids when he died it was um, the most horrific time and even though there could never be a right time for that to happen. Because it was lockdown. Yeah, he died on the Wednesday and Ireland went into the, f- the first lockdown that Saturday. Fuck. So as I walked to the funeral home to see him laid out, there was no cars, there was no people. It was like the world had stopped, which looking it back, had. it was good in a way because I know people say that when they lose somebody, Sometimes they feel, why is the world still going on? Like, why are people still going about their business? Why are people going on holidays, going for nights out? Nobody was doing that. Yeah. So in one way, it was kind of soothing for yeah. me to have the world just stop, you yeah. know. Yeah. But on the other hand, I couldn't see my friends, couldn't see my family. You know, he didn't get the send off that he deserved. That was really hard, you yeah. know. And, you know, I still struggle with that. That yeah, regret for him. Yes. You know, and me. Yeah. You know, I didn't get the support that I needed. Yeah. The kids didn't get the support that they that they they needed, you know. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't see grandparents. It was just I look back on it now and I don't remember a lot of that summer. 
course you don't. I was just in survival mode. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Could not believe that this was happening. Yeah. And everyone, of course, was like, we can't believe, you know, the pandemic's here. And I was like, you can't believe the pandemic's here. My husband's just died. So, yeah. So it was, yeah, I think it was extra tough. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting that you say that you're right. Like those days kind of after it's really uh, like the the kind of the early time after somebody has kind of passed mm. away. Sorry. What do you prefer to say? Do you say do you prefer to say passed away or do you say died? I prefer, prefer died, say, but I don't mind too. what you say. But I prefer died. Me I'm, too. I'm a very factual um, person. You know, I'm very like, what you see is what you get. I, I don't Call coat things around. Yeah. I prefer died, but yeah. you say whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I like, you know, that time around um, after, you know, your the person has died that there's a big gap of missing and then there's also lots of love that mm. is kind of happening mm-hmm. at that time and it kind of nearly not that it cancels out the missing the can't but it just kind of gives you a bit of a level feeling you didn't have nothing that I got it through my phone oh wow. to be honest I got it through my social media shivers now you after saying that that's yeah, insane I did and at one stage I had to tell my five year old daughter I had to say I'm sorry I'm on the phone so much because I was on my phone constantly because that's that where scary. that was the only way I could reach out to anybody yeah you know and even the poetry and stuff since obviously I've been through that you know you know yourself when you google things yeah. things come to you then you know yeah. you're targeted with grief Instagram pages and yeah. grief things and I think that's how I got more into that space because I was getting this stuff kind of bombarded and some of it was some of it was not helpful mm. but some of it really was helpful and you'd see little quotes and you'd take it to heart and you'd say yeah that's me that's that's what I needed to see at this moment yeah. you know yeah um obviously in the days after he died or even weeks and months <clears throat> weeks and months after he died I was replaying things in my head like over and over and over the last few days, even the last few hours, what mm. happened? Could it have happened? Mm. So could something else have happened to stop it from happening? And I read one quote that literally stopped me spiraling into that. And that Do you quote, remember what that quote was? Yeah. yeah. It's um, what happened, happened, and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Yeah. And it's just true. It happened that way. There's no point in reliving it and reliving it and thinking what if this what if he hadn't been in that place what if we had done this instead there's no point no it happened yeah need to just accept it and live your life and get through it mm. live I, I feel like I'm living for both of us now yes you know yeah and so are, are you riding now are you going to read me something yeah, now I'll I see you, you taking out the phone there I'll read you something that I wrote I wrote it throughout the year and the year that he died and I posted it on the 1st of January 2021. Mm. This is the first thing that I posted. Now, I haven't read this aloud okay. to anybody. Okay. So I'll read it now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Take I time. don't start crying. And it's okay. Um, it'll probably set me over the edge <laughs> as well. So it's okay. We can Hopefully cry together. Okay. Together. <clears throat> I had that love. A love that ripped and rippled through the city and everyone knew it. I had that love, a love where words didn't matter, time stood still and everyone knew it. 
This love, my love, that everyone knew, was way too unkind to its own heart, gave too freely of its own good advice, but couldn't take the same. This love, my love, this heart, my heart, now roams freely, somewhere unseen, but forever felt, and everyone knew it. you that's amazing I'm glad I got through it yeah, without you did. crying you did really really well um god I mean I didn't it's it's I didn't know Al how you know how would I I've only met you kind of mm-hmm. since he's not since he's not around um but he even was just great. having speaking to you for the last few minutes there, even just talking about like the city and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I can get a real sense of you and your love together and him. Yeah. And, and yeah. he was just Dublin City personified, you really? know. Yeah. He just, I mean, he knew every bar, venue. He worked in the mall. He DJed. He produced music. He ran his own record label. He ran gigs, festivals. Everyone knew him. Yeah. You know, he was just a great person. Yeah. And a great person to grow up with. Yeah. Because I grew up with him. So was he like your first proper boyfriend in a way? I had a boyfriend <laughs> before you? him. Um, but like when Weaves I met Al. soulmate by yeah. the sounds of it. Yeah. Like I fell in love with Al in the space of one night in Ibiza in space nightclub. Wow. I'd known him from Dublin. And like we were in the same group of friends and I'd known him and, you know, it was Al. He was, you know, great fun and a bit of a laugh and never fancied him. And then we went to Ibiza and we ended up together for the whole night kind of in the nightclub. And then the next morning we went swimming in the pool and I just looked at him at one stage and I was like, oh, my God, I have feelings for him. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then we came back from Ibiza and he came back from Ibiza and then he pretty much moved in with me straight away. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He was only 19 and I was 23. Okay. Yeah, his mom didn't know where he was gone and she was ringing him saying, are you living there now? Are you still living at home? Or are you living with Martina? And of course, I was living in the flats, so I took him out of his home in Tala. And I'm he sure was from Tala? He's from Tala, yeah. I'm from Tala. Yeah, he's from Springfield. Okay. So his mom was obviously like, who is this girl after yeah. coming into our lives and taking our son off to the flats? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was great, Yeah. you know? Yeah. There was no... um. Like if somebody told me now that they kissed a boy on their holidays and now he was moving in with them three weeks later, I'd be like, what are you doing? Imagine your daughter comes no, home to yeah. you, even at 20, I mean, at no. 23, yeah. there's, a, there's an element of maturity you imagine. Somehow, yeah. So imagine your daughter now at 23 coming back to yeah. you and saying, listen, ma, I'm actually yeah. this fella. And he's moving in. But yeah. like it was so easy. Yeah, it he was, was right. He was really easy going, very laid back. I'd be slightly, highly strong. So he even evened me out. You know, yeah. so that's what I miss about him. Oh, really? Is that evening out, even with the kids, he'd see things in a different way. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be stressing out about something and he'd just say, but what about this way? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I miss. Yeah. Like, you know, that's one of the things I miss. And tell me a little bit about the kids, your kids. So you've Shamey. So yeah, Shamey is four. He's a little character. Yeah. Evie is eight. Cool. So she's eight going on 18. <laughs> And just thinking about talking about really plainly, like I get the impression you're very honest with your kids as well. Very you honest. have a very kind yeah. of like honest when, relationship. Yeah, very honest. 
if they ask me any question, I'll answer. Yeah. You know, I don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. Even when he died, I mean, I had to tell Evie. Jamie was only 20 months, yeah. so I didn't have to actually tell him. But I just sat Evie down. I said, Daddy, Daddy's not alive anymore. And she said, OK. And I, she was only five. Yeah. And I, she said, but what happened? And I said, his heart stopped beating. And now he's not alive. He's dead. You know, and I said, but everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And that was it. God. You know, there's no sugar coating. And, you know, we're not really religious. So a few people have said to her over the last few years, you know, daddy's looking down on you and daddy's this. And she just shoots me a look as if to say, yeah, Roy, <laughs> you know, even though she she thinks he's on the moon. Yeah. That's what we say. Yeah. You know, that his 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 energy went to the moon. Yeah. So when the moon is out, we always say he's oh. on the moon. And I actually wrote another little poem about him being on the moon. Did you? Because, yeah, Evie always says he's on the moon. So I wrote something about that as well. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Does Evie write at all? I'm not conscious of her age. She's very artistic. Drawing and she everything. She loves drawing yeah. and she's very talented at drawing, even though she's only eight. Yeah. Like she can look at something on the TV or look at something on the phone and she can draw it. Yeah. She's brilliant because he was a good drawer as well. Yeah. He, was he sounds like a bit of a creative kind he of was, powerhouse, yeah. like between so many ideas, and, yeah. like just constantly coming up with ideas. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, yeah. <laughs> he was always at that. Yeah. Coming up with clothing brands, coming up with all, all different types of stuff, you know. Yeah. Just yeah, I think, forward thinking. Yeah, so. And he wrote he wrote little poems too, you were saying, in texts and stuff as well. Yeah, he wrote little poems. Um, he used to write little kind of funny ones. And did he read poetry or? No, like no, I never remember yeah. him sitting down to read poetry. Yeah. Um, he, he'd write little funny ones. He wrote a funny one about like a postman. Um. Or he wrote one about um, the youth, youth of today oh, and, um, you know, being a bit kinder to them. Ah. So will I read that one for Yeah, you? I'd love to hear that yeah. because I, I work uh, in a model agency on my kind of day job and stuff. And mm-hmm. often there's a lot of the younger kind of like models and stuff coming in or there's some of the younger talent <laughs> coming in. And it's just I have to catch myself because too quickly I just go... Usher, what do you fucking know? Exactly. You're only 17. <laughs> but I actually have to go, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Like, they have a different experience yeah, than you. Their perspective is really mm-hmm. vital, actually. Yeah. So I'd be doing well to just even try and tune into a little bit Try and bit listen of to them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah, I'll read this one to you. Go ahead. So this is by Al Keegan. Try not to be bitter about the hip, young, new crew. They're just having fun. Sure, that used to be you. And we've all had our day. Non-stop fun. Hit long play. With the cool young clique that insisted we're here to stay. But alas, comes with age, perspective and knowledge. Try embrace your new attitude upon your leaving college. With a cert in one hand, better taste in real music. Try to look at the world and not just how to use it. For beneficial will come to those who have lived and live and let live to those hip young new kids. Kind of poignant because he didn't get to be old, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of sad for him that he didn't get to he would be never, an old man. By you know? the sounds, he would never have been the kind of person who would have, you know, been that kind of grumpy old man. No. In a way. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so like, how's kind of life today? Like, I mean, you know, like, how's yeah. just 
I suppose I went through really dark times in the first year and even two years. But this year I feel like I'm coming out of the darkness. Yeah. It's like a fog not is kind of obsessing lifted. over it as much. You know, there was a time where I'd be constantly thinking, Al's dead. Al's dead. Oh, you know Al's dead. Like throughout the day it would just come into my mind. Al yeah. Keegan's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. And, you know, just yeah. you can kind of very easily get really angry as well. Why did this happen? Like, why did it happen to me? Why couldn't it have happened to her? Yeah. You know, she doesn't have any kids. Why couldn't it have happened to, you know, somebody who doesn't have young kids? Yeah. But you kind of think then, why not me? It has to happen to somebody. And why not me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, God, no, that's really... Good. That's really... Oh, uh, I don't know. It's kind of very open of you to kind of go, well, why not? You know, yeah. like it's... It, it does. It's, it's all, random. It doesn't... Yeah. It wasn't because of anything. Yeah. You know, it just happened. Yeah. And the only thing I can control now is what I do now. You know, I yeah. can't control what has happened. It's happened. Yeah. All I can do is control how my kids grow up, how now I live my life. Yeah. Try and be positive. I try to be a positive person. Yeah. You know, I try to listen to new music. If I'm feeling down, I put on music and dance around my sitting room. I get the kids in. Oh. We dance around. They're up on the sofa. They're I up on the it. on the coffee table, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you can do, really. Yeah. Those things like that, like the kitchen discos and the fucking, yeah. the jumping on the sofa discos yeah. and the dancing around your pajamas, like I love they it. just kind of get you through, don't they? I brought Evie to the gorillas. Oh my the god, night. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was amazing. Like she was like my little pal. Was that it, her first proper gig? Yeah, yeah. Sure, she's only eight. Yeah. So she was just blown away. We queued up for merch. She wanted a t-shirt. Exactly. So and then, of course, she was like, who's going to be on stage and how many of them is there? And when we sat on the seats, when they came out, she was just awestruck. And I was just looking at her. Yeah, you spend the whole time just watching them. And then her favourite song, she was up singing and she was punching the air. And it was really, really good. But again, like I really missed him. There's a big gap there. He should have been there. You know, he would have loved to see her. Yeah. Like that, you know. Yeah. You're doing, you're fucking amazing. You know, you really are. <laughs> I'm um, not. I really am. not I just hope I look back and say I did my best, you know, and the kids know that I did my best. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I just try to honour him as well. A little yeah. bit as well. Yeah. Even by doing this. Cause I'm very this nervous. So <laughs> like, yeah, that's like you're so generous to, to kind of come and talk to me about him as well. And um, like I was interested you know, to kind of learn about you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose with that in mind, what about, I kind of, I often think about, I'm still writing and um, if I was to maybe write a poem about you today, okay. what would be the kind of themes that I might kind of cover? Would you, or would you like, Ooh. you know? Um, this music. isn't a promise of a poem, by the way. Okay. I'll do well, my I'm best. But, you know, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, music, yeah. fashion, yeah. Art. Yeah. What about fashion? Talk to me about because you're wearing a lovely jumpsuit today. I love my jumpsuits. And I love a jumpsuit as well. <laughs> I love my Nikes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. That's Nikes. another Look thing. My Nikes I do now. see You can't trainers. see them on the podcast. But yes, I'll describe things. them. They're kind of lilac <laughs> with uh, yellow and they've got orange in there as well. They're mm-hmm. multicolored. I love my prints. Like, you know, the, the, the brashier the print, the better. Yeah. So I'd be doing music, fashion <laughs> and art. 
What else? They'd be the kind of themes that mm. I'd be covering. Is there any, so back to kind of like Poxy Park and all the poxiness. That sounded, I mean, like, like there's me, fuck that, me with my little book. I'm having a fucking horrible lockdown. And yeah, <laughs> you were having a poxy one as well. Like, fucking hell. Absolute shite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a nightmare. Um, Feels like, you know, when I look back on it, it's like I watched it on Netflix. You know, it doesn't wow, feel like it. That you're kind of out of body. Totally out of body. Like when I when I even talk about it, even as I'm talking about it to you now, I'm like, did I did that really happen? Is I really dead? Did I really, you know, give him CPR? You know, did that? You know, did that happen? Yeah. Did I spend three months locked in an apartment with my kids? I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the world stopped. And, the and world your stopped. world stopped. Yeah. Like that's mad. Like that's a trauma. You know. And yeah, and even when things post, were opening back bigger. up again. Yeah. You know. Like for anyone who lost somebody during the pandemic, I think everybody felt that way when it, when things were opening back up again. Everyone was so happy and I was happy, but I was like, my life will never go back. Yours will, you know, my my friends will, you know, but I won't ever have my husband back. Yeah. You know, my life is forever changed. Yeah. yeah, we can go to the pub again. We can go to concerts again, but yeah. everything has changed for me. Yeah. My future has changed. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a new future for me now. A new fu- future. A new, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. For being like super generous with just sharing all of that with me. Um, Part of the, the, like I was saying to you, like the, the part of the whole experience for me with the writing the book and everything else was just getting messages from people like really honest like it's mad like how people feel compelled to share sometimes Mm -hmm. when something kind of resonates with them like when you say like when you saw that one kind of quote that kind of flicked a switch a little Mm -hmm. bit for you you know that I don't know for whatever reason some of the poems resonated with people and they'll send me messages and like really you know just be really generous you know like what they'd kind of share with no problem yeah yeah it's it's what it is like it's it's a real it's just really lovely to, to kind of listening. to receive it, you know. It's like, so. you know, I always felt I wasn't really the most uh, interesting person in the room. You know, Al was always the interesting one, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's oh nice God, to be able to feeling, talk about him. Yeah, the fe- and keep talking about him. That's yeah. what I think as well. I think, mm. you know, keep talking. I know he's always in your mind and I'm sure, you know, isn't that it? Like, yeah. you just keep speaking. I mean... But yeah, it's uh, it's lovely to be able to meet you in person. You too. And I look forward to seeing more lovely Al things. Would you ever think of putting any of those things into some kind of a book? Or would you ever think of doing your own? Like that poem yeah, is maybe. amazing. That yeah, you will. thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, maybe I will someday. Yeah. For the kids even. Yeah, that's mm. it. Like I think sometimes to kind of document those things it's yeah. lovely and to capture all of his stuff and yeah. get another Ashling copy book yes right <laughs> yeah Get and start cutting out bits and sticking them in it like yeah. it, isn't that just gorgeous that you did that <laughs> I know your ma's in big trouble for I wish I out. still had it yeah um, Martina thanks so much for coming in you're so welcome Jan and thanks for inviting me thanks for listening see we're not really strangers are we I'd love to hear any of your thoughts You'll find me on Instagram at JB Good to Me. 
Join me in a fortnight for the next episode. And come here, in the meantime, you can support me by becoming a member of Headstuff Plus, where you'll be able to access some bonus content. It's called Behind the Lines, where I let you into all the secrets and the people and the places behind the lines of the poems from my little yellow book. Go on, I know you want it. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.